Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. You know what? I, I'm going to get right into it. I've got a lot here and as my husband knows, I like to talk and ramble. But this message has been brewing in me for a couple of months and Christian said, hey, babe, I want you to preach in a couple of weeks. And, what, you know, my first reaction is, no, no, I don't want to. I'm all good. And he says, no, nope, you're doing it. And I said, okay. I said, yes. I didn't say no. I said, yes, because God had put a word in my heart for you guys. And you know what? I think over the last 20 years, and I think of the amount of people that are not still walking strong, that have dropped out of the race, that are not in church, that are not serving, they're not leading. I, I could just, I could list about 50 people that I went through college with, that did, we did youth with, that we were just in relationship with, and it breaks my heart, and I go, what went wrong? What happened? What was that thing that took them out, and they're just walking in the wilderness and are lonely? You know what? Because we go through seasons, hey? We go through stuff. Stuff happens. And you know, at times, different times in life, we get to a crossroad, and we stop. We're going through something. We get hit. We get knocked out. And you have a moment then and there. It's like I, I picture like a busy intersection. Now, there's not a lot of busy intersections here in Noosa, but just picture like a city, and it's busy, and it's chaotic, and there's a lot happening. You're at a crossroad, and you have to make a decision in life when those times come. Do I get distracted? Do I get affected by what's going on? Or do I just keep pushing through and walking, hey? And you know, challenges come. Sometimes things are thrown our way. Distraction presents itself. Sometimes we face disappointment. Sometimes our attitudes are tested. And some people do us wrong. But then and there, we may have to make a decision. Do I let it affect me? Or do I keep moving forward and keep pushing into God because he desires the best for you? Or do I walk in the opposite direction? You know, like what I was saying, I picture like an intersection, and this might be a funny little scenario, but I see things in pictures. I'm a very visual person. Um, I, that's, how I, that's how I work. But I picture like you're at an intersection, and you're stopped at the stoplights, and you're heading in, in, in the right direction. You've got a destination to get to. And then all of a sudden, you see this, you know, I don't know, red, red Porsche or, I don't know, men, whatever cars you like. You can, you know, what, whatever car that is. But you see a good-looking car, and it's turning left. You slightly get distracted and think, gee, I'd like a car like that. Oh, I might just follow that car, see, see where they live, knock on the door and just say, what, what, what model is it? You know, where'd you get it? How much was it? And who knows that there's an instant distraction and I need to get somewhere at a certain time and a certain place, but I slightly got, you know, distracted and, and went off course for a while. And, you know, there's, there's, you suffer the consequences. You arrive late, you have to turn around, you get a little bit lost, where was I going? You know, I picture like a street map. You know, the good old, the good old street maps. Now, many years ago, before we had kids, we both had three jobs because we were working hard to, um, you know, build our first home. And I did some flower delivering on the weekends. So I used to drive all over Sydney, out west, all these places I didn't know where to go, but I had the good old faithful street map. And if I didn't follow the street map, I would have got lost. Hey, a street map is to help us stay on track, to help us uh, follow where, we, where we need to get to. But you know what? We live in a world today where people have the attitude like, I don't need direction. I know my way. I know what I'm doing. I can do it all myself. But you know what, church? 
See this? This is your life map. This is your life street directory. Hey? This is your instruction manual. The, the Word of God is for you to, you to follow this. And this is what's going to keep you on track and get you to your destination. Hey? Just like a street map, this is your street map. And do not take this lightly. This lives on my bedside table. And if you don't have one of these, is it in your drawer? Is it on the top shelf? I want to encourage you, when you go home, get it out and let it sit on your bedside table because this is your life manual. This will give you answers to get through your life and the world we live in. Amen? You know, I want to look at the story of Jonah really quickly this morning. And some of you, well, most of you should know the story of Jonah, but Jonah took a bit of a detour and he had to suffer the consequences of his actions and what he had to face. And Jonah was given a task by the Lord, okay? So Nineveh was the most important city in Assyria and soon became the capital of the huge Assyrian empire. But Nineveh was also a very wicked city. Jonah was hated, Jonah hated the powerful and wicked Assyrians, um, but the Lord called him and he said, I want to use you to go and tell your people to repent. So God gave him a mission right then and there. And if we turn to Jonah, if you've got your Bible or if you've got your phone, or if you don't, you can just listen. There's, sorry, there's nothing on the screen, but it's all good. Amen. God's here. In Jonah 1, and the Lord said, to his son Jonah, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked, wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and he went the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of, of uh, Joppa where he found a ship leaving for, to, how do you say this babe? Tut that thank you. It was one of those that's like, da-da, yep, you know what I'm talking about. He brought a ticket and went on board and escaped. Now, Jonah was given a specific job by, by the Lord right then and there, but he didn't want to do it. So he, he went in the opposite direction. He went as far west as he could, but who knows, you can run, but you can't hide, hey? You can run from God, but you can't hide because he's there. Jonah thought he could run, hey? When God directs us to say the course, sometimes he asks us to do something. Sometimes, as I said, we hit a crossroad, we get sideswiped, and then we go, you know what, I'm not going to get up and keep running, I'm going to run. I'm going to run. I'm stubborn, I'm selfish, I'm not going to do what I'm told. And here, Jonah got himself more into trouble because of the decision he made to run. And in Jonah 1.4, it says... Sorry, the fans are blowing my Bible. Jonah 1 for it says, The Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that, that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down the bottom of the ship. You know, Jonah's disobedience endangered not only his own life, but others. And you know what? Sometimes our decisions not only affect us, but affect others. 
and there's consequences of the decisions we make. You know, I was thinking through uh, a, a friend of ours many, many, many years ago, and it was a pretty heavy time. I remember walking through this season with her. She was married for 10 years, you know, Christian family in church, two beautiful kids, and then I got this phone call, and just out of the blue, her husband had got up and walked out on the family, and they had to walk that journey. Everybody was shocked, like, what? What went wrong? Why? You know, it all unfolded. Things happened, came to light. He left his beautiful kids and his beautiful wife for another woman. And you know what? Not only out of the decision that he made to walk away, not only from his family, but his friends and, his, you know, and, and other family members and how it affected them. You know, it's like in a moment you have to make a decision. Is this, this might feel good. This, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. But thinking about, the consequences of my actions and how it's going to affect other people. And like Jonah, then and there, you know, he, he realized what he's, he'd done. He'd like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that my running away from the Lord, running away from the course that God had set before me, he commissioned me to do a job. I didn't realize it was going to affect other people. And he had a decision to make then and there. And he humbled himself and he said, you know what? I don't want you sailors to suffer. Throw me overboard. Throw me overboard. In verse 15, the sailors ended up picking Jonah up and throwing him into the raging sea. And instantly the, the storm stopped. The, sailor, the sailors were all struck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. You know, like Jonah, sometimes we make dumb decisions and we get ourselves into strife. But God, but God's grace and mercy, right then and there, what happened to Jonah? God's grace and mercy is what gets you through and keeps you on track. And the miracles that unfold because you can run but you can't hide because God's hand is still there saying, my son, my daughter, I love you, I am here which many of you would have experienced in your life and have story after story. Like I look back at my late teens, you know, I went on a little detour for a while. I made some dumb decisions and later on I had to suffer the consequences of the decisions I made. I could have not done that and I didn't have to walk and journey through the stuff that I had to. But God's hand and grace and mercy on my life got me back on track. I look at a moment in my life before I got married, a situation presented, presented itself which could have totally taken me off course. But God's hand and grace and mercy on my life kept, kept me on the straight and, the, and narrow. As you know, life happens, stuff happens. We could sit here, we could exchange stories and go, this is what I've walked through, this is what's happened. But God's hand and his miracle working power is with you. And you make a decision every day. You say, God, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stay faithful to running that race and I'm going to make it to the end. You know, we've just walked through the last few, three weeks. I probably think probably the, one of the hardest times that we've walked through since we've moved up here. But you know what? It only makes you stronger. And some of you know that Ella lost her front tooth. It got knocked out just through a freak accident. We made a decision this one particular day. We'd had a pretty heavy few weeks um, just some stuff going on. I mean, let's have a family day. We just need a family day to have fun. We arrive at the water park. An hour later, a freak accident happens. My daughter's front tooth got knocked out. And you're just like, oh, how much more can we take? But you know what? 
praise God, she's here, she's got a tooth in. But as the cloud lifted, because you know when you're in those moments, you're in the storm and you can't see anything else. You're just focused on what's going on. You're feeling anxious, you're feeling fearful, you're thinking, what if I'm, I'm here? I'm listening. All I'm thinking about is what the, the, the dentist said and, and the bad report and this, this is what could happen. But I had to keep making a decision as I was full of faith and then I'd slip down to fear. I had to keep going back to faith and praise God, I've got a man in my life that helps me go to faith, amen? But as the cloud lifted, I looked back on just the situation that happened and I went, you know what, God, God, your hand was even there and you were with us just through that little tragic accident with Ella's front tooth, you know, knocked out. I mean, it's a minor thing, but it's a big thing as a parent and a child, you know, blood everywhere. But you know what, the miracles, after miracles, like we found the tooth. We got to a dentist within the hour. Our Ella was an amazing patient getting the procedure done. Two days later, we go to the dentist and they give us positive report after positive report after positive report. In the midst of a traumatic situation, God's hand is still with you and his miracle working power is for you. Amen? Amen. You know what? Staying the course, sometimes you're challenged in your attitude. Hey? Sometimes you're challenged in your mind. Sometimes you're challenged in your heart. Sometimes you're challenged in your actions and sometimes you're challenged in your words. Hey, who knows what I'm talking about? But in Isaiah 40, 31, it said, for those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And in in the Message Bible, which I love, and I'm going to read this to you from uh, verse 27 to 31, it says, Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine Israel, saying, God has lost track of me. He doesn't care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts He's creator of all you can imagine, see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to the dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out, but young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God, he gives fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and they don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. I love that. Do you come and go? Or are you going to last? Because I know the God I serve, he doesn't come and go. He's an everlasting God, amen? You know what? I wanna encourage you here today that you are still running the race You are still staying the course in five, in 10, in 20 years' time, and you have a story to tell. And in Matthew 6.33, it says, but seek first, but seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. And I've got four quick things that I believe, practical things that are going to help you stay the course, because I want you, man and woman of God, to be still here to still be running strong, to not be in five years' time, not in the house of God, not having great people in your world. Now, I've talked about these things in in previous messages, and Christian, um, very very, um, 
frequently talks about this in his messages, but four things that I believe that are going to keep you staying the course. Amen. The first one is kiss. Hey, I'm going to kiss Lauren because I love her. Kiss. It's not what you go around and kiss people, but kiss, which is keep it simple, silly. Could say something else, but I wanted to be kind this morning. Keep it simple. You know what? Christians complicate things. People complicate things. I want to encourage you this morning, don't complicate things. Keep things simple. And as you keep things simple, things will just work out so much better. I know people that complicate things. They overthink things. They worry about things. They major on the minors. God says, don't major on the little things. Major and focus on what is important. Keep it simple. Because as you do, this will be so much clearer. You'll be able to hear God's voice so much clearer. I know for me, I think and I worry and I go to that place and I'm like God saying, hey, Melissa, I'm here. I'm here. I'm like, what, what? Your voice is really faint. He's like, because you keep talking, you're thinking too much, you're overcomplicating things. Keep it simple. Amen? Second thing is friends, relationships, who you spend your time with and who influences your world. Oh, that is a big one. Have people in your world to keep you, help keep you moving forward. Lifelong friends. I tell you what, we have the most amazing friends and people in our world over the years, after, over the last 20 years, very significant people in our world. We have them, people that we talk to, we're accountable to because they help us keep on track. You know what, I am very blessed with a beautiful family. I haven't actually introduced my big brother here this morning. Can you, he, he's not going to like this, but Andrew, can you stand? This is my big brother, Andrew, and my beautiful sister-in-law, Louisa. Stand up. Can we give them a hand? My big brother. You know what? I've been blessed. I've got the most incredible family. And you know what? They've helped me stay on course. They've helped me stay on track. You know, I talked about that stage when I was a teenager. I had a little bit of a detour. My brother prayed for me for two years. And you know what? Some of you don't have family like that. Some of us don't. But God wants you to have amazing friends in your world to keep you on track, to influence your world. You know that you can confide in, have confidence. You know, don't have too many voices giving you advice and flooding your mind. Just have two or three people that you can go to for godly wisdom and godly advice. We have advised over the years so many people. They've asked, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you're walking through stuff with people say, who are you listening to? How many voices? Oh, I've asked about 10, 15 people. You're like, no, no, that will just cause confusion. You need to have a couple of people, a couple of confidence in your world that you can go to and that you can um, talk through stuff and walk through stuff because that's what's going to keep you on track. Who do you associate with? Associate yourself with positive people, big thinking people, not negative, small-minded people. Because you find as you hang around negative people, you become like that. As you hang around positive, big-thinking people, you become like that. Isn't that right, Michelle? You know, I just want to use a little illustration. Lauren and, um, because you just two are in front of me, stand up. It's like friends in life. You're walking along, arm in arm. You've got each other's back, okay? You're keeping each other strong on the straight and narrow. And Lauren sort of falls down. Fall down, Lauren. There you go. She falls down, she struggles. She's struggling, she's going through something. She's like, oh, I've got nothing left. So you know what? What do we do? We're going to be a strength for her and say, Loz, come on. We love you. <laughs> Let me sleep. Get up. 
Come on, you can keep doing it. You can keep going. We love you. We believe in you. Come on, one step in front of the other. You know, and she just gets a bit distracted and goes for a bit of a wander and she's in La La Land and we're still walking. And we're like, you know what? I don't want to see her make stupid mistakes. Hey, Ange, come on. You need to keep, keep walking forward. Forget about what's going on there. Keep walking. Come on, you can do it. Come on, come on. You can do it. You can do it. Hey, hear what I'm saying? Hear what I'm trying to illustrate Thank you, guys. <laughs> you know what? We need friends. We need family. We need people to walk arm in arm. I can't walk this life alone. I cannot do it alone. I would probably be a blubbering mess on the ground. But praise God, I've got amazing husband. I've got amazing family, amazing friends in my life all over the world that keep me going. When I'm low, I call them and I say, Keep me, keep me full of faith. What do you think I should do? And it's okay to do that, hey? Friends, relationships. Surround yourselves with people of faith. Don't connect with negative people who discourage your faith. If you've got negative people in your world, you need to cut ties and you need to surround yourself with positive people because we get distracted. You can look back, you look sideways, you can look down, but God wants you to keep your eyes fixed on him forward. Like in a car, there's a rear vision mirror and there's two side windows and they have purpose. Now, if we're driving along and we're just focusing on, on what's going on behind us or we're focusing on what's going on beside us, who knows, we'll go off course and crash. That is just, they're just for a reason just to check. They're little checkpoints, you know? We have checkpoints in our life, but God says, keep your eyes forward. Keep your eyes fixed on me because you're heading in the right direction. Don't get distracted and focus on what's going on behind you, beside you, or down. Place first, place God first in your choices, first in your priorities, and He, and He is first we acknowledge in our plans or results. Are you, are you acknowledging God first in your decisions, in your plans? Or is, is He in the back seat, you know, just second fiddle, third fiddle, place him first in your choices, in your priorities, in your plans, and even thank him in your wins. Amen. My heart, as I said before, to see you guys running strong years to come, running successful businesses. If you're married, you're still married. You've still got a strong marriage. If you're not married, then you find a godly woman and a, a godly man that you can end up partnering with for the rest of your life. Don't settle for second best because God has first best for you. You're like, well, you know what? I just want to get married and I'll, he'll do. No, 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 he will not do. Hey, God has first best for you. I had a moment in my life where I did settle for second best. My brother knows. But thank God for praying family and friends that kept trying to pull me on track. And by the grace of God, I got out of there. And he gave me first best in the end. Amen, my husband. Hey? So don't single person settle for second best because he wants the best for you. You know what? I believe and I want to see you strong, your stable, godly homes, your kids, parents, your kids, and your family members coming to Christ. Any of you with addictions or habits that you are free from in, in, you know, over time in years to come and that you're in the house of God, serving and still loving the house of God. You're still loving and you have a passion. There is no perfect church, my friend. There is no perfect business. There is no perfect person, but by the grace of God, he is here. He wants you to serve him. He wants to love, love on you and he wants to love 
wants you to love the house of God that you are in because you are a key to what he wants to do in the church that he has planted, um, planted you in. Amen. And quickly, the third thing, two more, stay connected and accountable to someone or people that you know God has placed in your world. I want to read this. I was reading um, a, a post that Christine Kane uh, put up. Who knows Christine Kane? Some of you might know Christine, know Christine Kane or not, but I'm going to read this to you. And I love this about staying connected and accountable. She said, sometimes a preacher girl needs some good pastoral care. I'm so grateful for my pastors of 26 years. Being planted in one house for 26 years means that my roots are deep, my accountability is high, and my reach is unlimited, and my heart is safe. There is a lot to be said for being unauthentically planted in a, in a healthy local church with people surrounding who, you who know you, who love you, who believe in you, and who send and support you. I love my pastors and my family is stronger, healthier, and more fruitful because of what we are connected to. Amen? I love that. Stay connected. Stay accountable. And the fruit will be unending. The fourth thing is make the word, prayer, and being in church, the house of God, each week a priority. Each week a priority. Because the word is your roadmap. This is your street directory. Your prayer is your lifeline. And the house of God, church, is your safe place. And that needs to be a priority because that's what's going to keep you on course. God, said, God, does, not, God does not like lukewarm because he specializes in red hot. Hey? Amen. Red hot. When things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the depths are high and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but do not quit. Don't give up through the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your hardest hit is when things seem worse that you must not quit. Hebrews 12, 12. So take a grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Amen. You know what? We recap the story of Jonah. He was walking the walk. He was on track. And God asked one thing of him. He said, my son, I want you to go and I want you to set my people free. I want you to tell them they need to repent. And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. And he went the other direction. And through the consequences of his decision, he gets himself in strife. Not only that it affects him, but it affects other people. But as I said, by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, he said, I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. Throw me overboard because I don't want these people to suffer. And in a moment, if you look back over that story, God's hand was still with Jonah. His miracles were still outworking in his life. And as he ended up in the ocean, God saved him by sending a big fish, a whale, to come past 
And Jonah ends up in that fish for three days, three lonely days. How much thinking could you have in three days inside a whale? Oh my goodness. But then in there, his, his life flashed before him and he cried out to God, not like, oh Lord, what have you done? Look what's happened. But he prayed a prayer of thankfulness because he was thankful for God that even though he ran, God was still with him. And this is the prayer in Jonah 2 that he, he, he cried out to God. And you know what? Some of you, this might resonate with you and you're saying, God, this is where I've been. This is where I come, but I thank you. Some of you here this morning, you like you've got some stuff going on. We've all got some weakness in our lives that could take us off course. But God says, give it to me. I want you to lay it on the altar here this morning. And if you follow those simple steps, like I said, keeping things simple, having great people in your world, having, having that accountability and that connection. It's like when you're connected to, you put the plug into the wall, you connect up. You take it out, you're not connected. You've got no power, no source. We all need to be connected. And we need the Word of God, your life map. We need prayer, our lifeline. And we need church, the house of God, because that's our safe place. And that's what's going to keep you staying the course. And I know that from my own life. And I want to read what Jonah wrote. He said, In my distress, I called to you, Lord. And he answered me, From deep in the realm of the dead, I call for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into my heart of the sea. And the currents swirled about me. And all your waves and breaks, breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I look again towards your holy temple. The indulging waters threaten me. The deep, the deep surrounds me. Seaweed was wrapping around my head. To the roots of the mountain I sank down. The earth beneath um, braved me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, with sacrifice to you, what I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet as we close this morning. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.